0: Welcome to Texas Businesses on the Rise. I'm Tatiana Chamorro, owner at Hyde Digital Dallas and VP of Hyde Creative. We interview business owners and their journey, dive into the do's, don'ts, and overall experience. We want to empower others by sharing experiences, so we get raw and real on what it means to be a business owner. Stick around to the end of the podcast. We'll share great insights and reveal how you can be the next one interviewed. Let's do it.
1: everyone. Happy, wonderful Wednesday. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and we are on Texas Businesses on the Rise. Today, we will be speaking with Sarah Segredo Hammond, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about her business, how she got started, and some other questions. So make sure you grab your cup of tea, coffee, or water, and let's enjoy these 20 minutes.
2: Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Genesis. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here.
1: It is my pleasure and honor to have you in the hot seat. <laughs> so <laughs> let me learn all about you. So tell me a little bit more about your business, Sarah, and how you got started.
2: Well, my business is a male-dominated industry. Um, we have a company called Atlas Services, and what we do is we do air conditioning, electrical, plumbing, refrigeration work, for commercial and residential. Um, We've been in business over 39 years. So obviously I'm younger than that, but um, my parents started it. They were migrant workers. And then my father joined the Air Force and in the Air Force, he learned the electrical trade and he fell in love with it. So when he moved back home to where he was raised, um, he started the company uh, with electrical and air conditioning. When I came in um, full-time and as president in 2012, I added in refrigeration. And then in uh, 2016, I added in plumbing.
1: That is awesome. So I see how it was a family business and you took it over and you grew, you grew the family business. So you scaled up to refrigeration and plumbing, but it was something that your dad had a passion for and he acquired his skills from the Air Force. So kudos to him and thank him for his service. And I see how you came in as a woman or the she wrote and you're like, oh, I think we could do this and this. And you added that on. And now the business is thriving. Can you tell us a little bit more about your family background? Where was your um, parents from or where are they from?
2: They're from the Rio Grande Valley. Um, they're high school sweethearts. It's the cutest Aww. thing. They started dating, I want to say, when they were in junior high Um, he basically stole her. It's called robar when you steal the the girl and he took her up North with him and then they loped and they got married over there. Um, and so, but they were, they were workers in the field. So they would go up to work every summer up to, you know, when they would get out of school up in the fields. And so that's why he stole her because my mom wasn't going to stay and not go with him this last time. So they went, they were up there working, picking cotton. And, you know, even through the Air Force, my parents still did migrant work. Um, They started saving money. They would put the money aside to help them to start out the business because starting a business takes a lot of a lot of funds. Right. And so they were very uh, my mother was um, very frugal and very smart with money. Uh, She had an accounting uh, background. So she also worked while they were running the business, and she ran the financials for the company um, at the same time. My mother was a powerhouse. She There was nothing she couldn't do.
1: That is amazing. And then I, I before we jump in further, how do you say that word again? Is it robar? Robar. <laughs> robar. Okay, I'm going to practice that, because when my husband gets home, I'm going to tell him, oh, baby, you kind of stole my heart. <laughs> Yeah, I love that because you see um, people who, you know, they have a dream, they have a passion and they have a goal and, you know, they start their business by doing something that they're that they're good at, that they love, and they may never even know like, oh, okay, yeah, I could grow my business, but all it takes is just having that goal, that dream, and that vision, and just starting, and you know, possibilities are endless, and I love how you, how you introduce yourself, and you said, I'm a woman in a male-dominated field, where that is inspiring to other women because there are so many women out there who are currently working for employee, employers, but they want to you know, own their own business. They wanna you know, um, reach beyond the glass ceilings. They really wanna make a name for themselves, but maybe they have fear that's limiting them from taking that leap of faith or just saying, you know what, let's kick the bucket, let's screw it and let's just do it afraid and see where, where we go. So I love how you, you know, you know, did the prefaces, prefaces there and just be like, hey, I'm a woman in a male-dominated field. And it's like, almost
2: like, my drop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Genesis. It really is, um, you know, when I was little and I was watching my dad go to work with my brother, my older brother, um, I would cry and I would say, take me with you. I want to learn what you're doing. I want to go with you. And he would tell me, stay at home with your mom. You need to help her in the kitchen. Um, you know, because they're, it's Hispanic family. So it was very macho and very, you're a girl, you stay inside, you don't belong out here in this world. So he would never take me with him. Well, look at me now, dad.
1: (laughs) I could totally resonate because before I married my husband, my, my high school person I dated was Hispanic. His parents were from Mexico. And so they would always say machista or whatever. And, um they would always tell me, hey, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get baby? I was like, uh, well, my dad is South American and my mom is Caribbean. I'm going to go to school. I want to get an education. I want to be that, you know, that boss woman. And I'm just not ready to settle down yet. But it's so funny that even though we didn't work out, I still, like, talk to his parents or whatnot. So you see a change in, like, the cultures there. And I was like, why is it that a woman can't have both? Why can't we have that job but also take care of home? There has to be a balance. And now it's like a fast forward because um, – I am married to a Black American, but his stepmom is from Guadalajara, Mexico. And she's like, oh, yo no quiero bebe. You don't want a baby. And I was like, no, it's not that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I could totally resonate to where you're coming from. That's why I was like kind of
2: chuckled because I was like, this is so true. It is so very true. It's the Hispanic woman is supposed to get married and have kids and, you know, take care of the home. Now the cultures have changed a little bit with the ages, you know, the millennials are, are more open-minded. Um, it's not the teachings of the children or the bringing up and the raising of them is also very different, you know, because of social medias and everything else. So there's a lot of mindset changes in the Hispanic culture. But um, before then it was very, very prevalent and you basically did what you were told. I mean, like they, you don't leave the house until you really get married. I left the house before I got married. Cause I'm just like that kind of rebel and, <laughs> you know, they were mad at me and didn't talk to me for, you know, a few years because I left the house before getting married and that just was a no, no. So, yeah. So I guess
1: that brings me to the next question for you, Sarah, what advice would you give to a young professional that is aspiring to start their business, but maybe they have, you know, cultural ties to their family where their family is like, no, you should go to school, get a, uh, get a degree, get a good job, but they want to go against that grain. They want to go into entrepreneurship, but that's something that they're passionate about, but they don't feel like their family will quote unquote approve.
2: Kind of like what you just said. You know, it's, that's such a fine line um, because I have daughters, right? And the thing that I want them to do is to go to school, go to college. Um, I got a scholarship, but my parents didn't want me to leave. So I, I wasn't allowed to take it because I would have had to move to Austin. So, so they told me you stay here and we'll pay for your college here. And so I rebelled and I didn't do either one, which was not the smart thing to do. In retrospect, right? At that moment, I was just angry because they wouldn't let me go. So I was not going to have, I wasn't going to go here. So I kind of pushed myself back some steps um, and had a lot of learning to do, you know, during that time. For my daughters, I would hope that they would finish college just because of the world that we're in, Mm -hmm. that they would at least get that four year degree behind them whether they use it or not going forward, but if you're going to do a business, I would highly recommend you take some financial, um, skill sets because as an entrepreneur, we lose a lot of money in the beginning when we're not playing smart and we don't understand the financial concepts of a business until you're in it, or you've already lost the funds. So if you're a business entrepreneur and you really, really want to do it, Get the education of the financial background. Just do those four years with a business a degree, a financial degree, so that then you can move forward and you can catapult yourself into such a stronger uh, ground instead of swimming, swimming in the in the sea of chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. You said about what would I tell a young entrepreneur? I tell people I love the book, Alice in Wonderland. I love the book, Alice in Wonderland, because I feel like it is truly our life. We're running through the rabbit holes. You're falling down constantly. You're, there's turns and there's roads and there's people screaming off with your head. And, you know, you <laughs> just have chaos in life. And the, the cat would ask Alice, who are you? Mm-hmm. And every position that she would run through, who are you? And she would get frustrated, like, why do you keep asking me that? Well, if you're going to run a business, you should have an answer to who you are. So investigate and invest in yourself. Get to know who you are. Get to know your trigger points. Get to understand people. Because you have to have that strong bond with yourself to get through that entrepreneurship (laughs) that you want to run into.
1: So I love that. And just to recap, before we go into our last question, everyone that's listening to Sarah, Sarah's dropping some great nuggets here. She's definitely saying, if you're you're wanting to start a business, make sure you have some education behind you. So it's setting you up for success because you never know how the education you get today could be used in a 360 to help your business that you're aspiring to launch. She also wants you to be able to, build upon your skill sets. It's kind of similar to what she did. She took a business that was already in place, but then she looked for ways to scale up the business and she branched out. So you see how Sarah went outside of her comfort zone, but you see how she is tying everything back to the core principles and foundations that her parents had built. So she didn't, you know, just let anything go by the wayside, but she's building upon it and she's building a legacy and an empire, not just for her family, but also by making an impact in her community and helping people. So I guess my next question for you, Sarah, if I summed up that correctly...
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs> that was
1: great. I, thank you. Yeah. I definitely want you to tell us how do you attract your clients and how do you retain the clients that you currently have.
2: You know that's a great question, um, Genesis. Because when you're running a business, your clientele is is your heart, right? And what I like to tell people is that you have to invest in that heart. You have to get out into your community it in order for you to build you have to give back your community needs to be your heart set and you need to develop you need to develop the youth you need to develop the programs you need to work in the chambers you need to get involved and see where the need is and what your passion is and serve on boards the community will speak for you without you being in the room when you give yourself to it and that's what i've worked on for many years. You know, the first time i ever went into an organization, i really didn't understand what i was doing. I i went and i went to the event and i sat at a table and i didn't mix and i didn't mingle and i i came back and i i didn't want to go and it was my father who came to me and said, "Well, wh- why aren't you going to go again?" I said, "I don't i have that kind of time. In my brain i had work to do. I had things to get done in my business." But he pushed me and i went again. And the second time I was like, this is a waste of my time. I'm not doing anything. But he asked me, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm walking into the organization and I sit down at the table and and then it finishes and the event finishes and then I get up and I leave. And he said to me, is that what I taught you to do? To go in and sit and wait for people to come to you? And that stayed with me forever. So now when I go into an organization, I don't go and sit and expect somebody to come up and say hello to me. I go up and I say hello to people and I ask them about them and who they are. And that was a life changer for me um, and for the business as well. I
1: love that, Sarah, because one thing that really stood out in that piece is community building and relationship building. And also whenever you said your dad asks you, is that what I taught you? Meaning sometimes we as women, we could just sit back and we want to analyze everything and expect people to come to us. But as some of the millennials say, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you're not willing to, you know, kind of step outside of your shell and just go introduce somebody, even if it's, like, hey, what's your favorite food or what color do you like? Or tell me a little bit about your background. You never know how that relationship could morph into something else. But if we're just sitting there expecting people to come to us, they're probably on the other side perceiving us as, oh, she's shy or maybe she doesn't know what she, what she wants or whatever. Because sometimes people could be creatures of habit and they like to judge a book by its cover versus opening the book to see the content inside. So I just love that that you that you said that cuz that spoke to me and One thing that I could definitely tell you is whenever businesses are out in the community making an impact for the consumers, it speaks volumes because not only do we see you as business oriented, but we also see you as people centric. And when you're people centric, your business is going to thrive because we see that you're not just in it for the money, but you're also looking for ways to give back and build the same
2: community that you live in. Exactly. I love the way you said that. I love the book analysis. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in my future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely want to thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on Texas Businesses on the Rise. And I want to um, have you give your contact information and say uh, say your business name again, so that way listeners can know where
2: to reach you and how to connect with you offline. Thank you so much for that opportunity. My name is Sarah Sagredo Hammond. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn just like that. Um, I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I really like to connect with people, uh, see how we can help each other grow. And um, our business is called Atlas Electrical, Air Conditioning, Refrigeration, and Plumbing Services Incorporated. It's a mouthful. <laughs> um, but we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram. We are on all the social medias. I'm not on TikTok yet. I, I I, we haven't created that one. I have maybe two or three with my technicians dancing, but that's about it. I, I just haven't gotten any more wild than that. Um, but look for us, um, call us out and uh, refer us. We'd appreciate all the support. Thank you so much.
1: And there you have it, listeners. It has been a pleasure on this wonderful Wednesday here on Texas Businesses on the Rise. We have been graced with Sarah Sagrero Hammond. And I think I butchered her last name, but until we chat next time, And Sarah, please stay on the
2: line. Thank you.
0: Hey there, this is Tatiana. Thank you so much for listening to Texas Businesses on the Rise. If you are a successful entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast, please visit highdigital.com slash podcast dash Texas slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Texas Businesses on the Rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, highdigital.com slash Dallas. Or follow me directly on LinkedIn and Instagram at Tatiana Chamorro. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.